When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. podcast on the athletic network it's monday april 19th hashtag full squad for the first time in a long time got the entire media brethren here today i'm je skeets along with mr what you need to know tas mellis brethren brethren you know we got the hottest top shot hot boy in the world trey kirby hey yo hey yo the international man of mystery back from the beach still taking it to the max lealis i'm cool man Hey, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> and last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Lee, how was it? Fantastic. Thanks. Really, really beautiful <laughs> island down there uh, in Turks and Caicos. Weather was perfect. Great family vacation. Spent a lot of time in the ocean. Did some crazy things I've never done before, and it was just awesome. <laughs> like what? Aquaman! <laughs> <laughs> went up parasailing, Ooh, went wow. out uh, snooper diving, which is uh, something I'd never even heard of until I got down there. It's halfway between snorkeling and scuba diving. It's more <laughs> it's more scuba than snorkel, but you go down underwater and you're sort of attached to a tank and you go down on the bottom of the reef and uh, saw some incredible turtles and uh, just some great... Um, <laughs> Some great man. Those sea turtles are something special, you know. And finding Nemo was on the plane on the way home, so I watched it again just to see them like talk because those <laughs> turtles do seem like hippies, man. You got some turtley thrill issues, dude. You know, it's awesome. It's great stuff. All right, well, you got a beautiful tan going on right now. I hope you're wearing sunscreen. I know you had your uh, rash guard on and all that, but uh, skeety, you know, a tan is actually uh, what do you say? Uh, uh, there's nothing, nothing healthy, healthy about a tan. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, no, we were lathered up in sunscreen and covered up Good. in uh, hats all the time because it actually wasn't super super hot down there which was nice but uh still just didn't see a cloud for like three days so well fantastic so you're rejuvenated here you're ready to talk some winners and losers from the nba i am very ready to yeah it does it really really did disconnect there for a few days which was awesome so uh that's what you need to do every now and again okay great well shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on youtube smash that like button leave your comments subscribe Email us your questions and comments for this week's Beach Step in podcast. Back to the beach there. Uh, email them in nodunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. And go grab your merch, your nodunks merch, over at nodunks.com. Okay, winners and losers of the NBA weekend. Let's start with the winners. Trey, you're going to get us started here today, man. Where do you want to go? Oh, back-to-back Mondays. Your winner of the weekend. I hate it here. <laughs> the New York Knicks. Woo. I don't know that I've seen Knicks fans this giddy since maybe Lynn Sanity because not only 
Did the Knicks win both their games this weekend? Both of those wins were almost double wins because of who they came against. On Friday, the Knicks handled the Mavericks in Dallas pretty easily. A huge game for Julius Randle. 44 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 6 three-pointers. Most importantly, he outplayed Chris Dapp's Porzingis, who went for 23 points on 20, on 20 shots. The Knicks got the win. That could have been enough. Last season, though... Beating the Mavericks and Porzingis was like the Super Bowl for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. The Knicks are 3-1 and one versus Dallas since the trade. R.J. Barrett, a pretty, pretty solid game on Friday, a nice fourth quarter. Derrick Rose was good, and a huge block by Nerlens Noel in this win, too. But the Knicks, unfortunately, they weren't done. They got another win on Sunday. This one against the Pelicans in thrilling fashion. Down seven, three minutes, 45 seconds left. Derrick Rose took over, scored nine points down the stretch. Dimed up Reggie Bullock in the corner for a game-tying three. Blocked Eric Bledsoe's attempt to send things to overtime. A steal and a score to kick things off. Knicks never trailed in OT for the win. That was the Knicks' seventh straight win. The most in seven years for the franchise. But just like with Porzingis, this was also a double win for New York. Because after the game, Zion Williamson was straight up beaming, talking about his first professional game in New York City. He called it the mecca of basketball, said it was his favorite place to play, outside of New Orleans, obviously. Obviously, outside of New Orleans. Biggest grin on his face that I've ever seen. Things could not have gone more perfectly for the Knicks than they did this weekend. They're a half game back of fifth in the Eastern Conference. They vanquished Chris Stapps Porzingis. They're getting the Mavs pick in the summer. And Zion Williamson is obviously going to sign with the Knicks as soon as his contract is done there uh, in New Orleans. I hate it, but great stuff, honestly, from the Knicks this weekend. Yeah, Tass, I saw you talking about Zion's post-game interview there where he was beaming. There is no doubt. Like, no one's exaggerating with that. He was smiling from ear to ear in a loss, but just talking about playing in uh, Madison Square Garden. Um, Have you guys been? It's a beautiful place to watch a basketball game. I don't know. I can't remember if you guys have ever been, but uh, it is awesome. And he was pumped. But, yeah, Knicks fans going crazy, not only with this winning streak and them still, like, you know, sniffing there, like the fifth seed even. They're holding on to six. But, uh, yeah, now they're convinced Zion Zion Williamson is coming their way. So that's a pretty good weekend if you're a Knicks fan, right, Tess? Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. They're going to be on cloud nine today, and then they'll realize tomorrow he ain't coming anytime soon. Right. It's literally would be five and a half seasons until he shows up there in, 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 in New York. So uh, uh, they should be happy. They're in the sixth seed, though. Let's not, like, I, I understand they're, they're doing well. Uh, but if they make the play-out tournament, as I like to call it now, if they make the top six seeds, that's a heck of an accomplishment for the Knicks this season. I think that would be, uh, that, that would be basically their, their ceiling. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're riding high right now. Things are going perfectly. Like Julius Randle obviously is going to be there game in and game out. Uh, but then the problem is behind him. Are you going to get enough consistent performances from Derrick Rose, who was amazing, uh, Alec Burks, and, and R.J. Barrett really as those offensive weapons? I think the Miami Heat will eventually pass them. The, the Heat are, are getting a little bit of juice going. But, yeah, the Knicks can ride high, and Sports Talk Radio will be scorching hot and Jimmy in Brooklyn, New York City, and Brooklyn, New York, will be calling into every sports radio show he listens to, and not Jimmy Butler, other Jimmy. You know, like everybody in New York is going to be pumped. Yeah, the Knicks are great again, but let's let's slow the flow just a little bit because I understand uh, I understand you got to be high right now, but I think the Knicks ceiling is is basically where it's at right now. Just just to put it in perspective a little bit, they can ride it though. I mean, they're playing well. 
Here's the question that Richard wants to know, Tass. You slipped it in there. Why would Zion sign an extension with the Pels? Tell him why. Money, 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 yeah. money. They all do. Yeah, you have to. Hey, name the last name the last rookie. <laughs> name the last rookie that left after three years. I mean, there was you 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 would basically be putting yourself out there like uh, it's it's you become an unrestricted free agent after year five, which is which is dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, you would you'd be giving up so much money for several years. You'd be losing out on what is it like at least upwards of I don't know how much it is, but it, it's in the the nineties or something like that of millions of dollars. If you got injured, then you're done. No mm-hmm. one has ever done it before. In in since they since you can sign a rookie extension, every single rookie, even if they hated it where they are. Like, he can demand a contract in year four or five, or I'm sorry, demand a trade in year four or five, six, or whatever, but he's going to sign that extension. And like you said, and I like playing in New Orleans, so he likes playing in New Orleans too. It's not just Madison Square Garden. And he was wearing a Bulls shirt. I don't know if anybody noticed that. Oh. That was a Michael Jordan shirt that he was wearing. It was not a Knicks shirt. Oh, okay, wow. So he's going to <laughs> Chicago or New York that. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there it is. Michael Ali, Jordan. do you believe in the Knicks come playoff time? Because it's like looking more and more likely with the way Julius Randle playing is that they are a lot to get into this thing. Yeah. I think Natas thinks they might slip there even to the seventh, but then they would just have to win one game, whatever. They're probably going to get into the playoffs. I, I really think we can sort of uh, start believing in them to that extent. But can they make any noise in a playoff series? Um, like, I know it depends a little bit on matchup, but what do you think about yeah. the Knicks? Well, that's where it comes down to. They actually really have to finish at worst fifth, I think, to get out of that first round because then they're likely to play a team that they probably can beat, the Hawks or the Celtics or even the Miami Heat. I think that's probably the best chance because I don't think they can beat Philadelphia, Milwaukee or Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So if they're in that sixth spot, they're probably going to face Milwaukee in the first round. They could win a game or two for sure. There's no question that they've uh, been you know, very uh, impressive this season. So I, I think they can win a game there, especially in New York. Just can't see them beating uh, either of those top three teams in a series. So if they can get the Atlanta Hawks, that would be, I think, a dream matchup for them in the first round. Whether it's in New York as home court advantage or Atlanta, doesn't really matter because the Hawks, we know, aren't experienced themselves in the playoffs. So that's really what they're gunning for right now is just to get to a position where they can potentially get out of the first round. Because if they do that, then that's a huge success and a huge achievement for them and uh, particularly for Tom Thibodeau. In his first season, I think that would have been uh, the high watermark going into the season. So, yes, they can make noise, but they desperately need a team that they can beat, obviously, in that first round. And I don't think there's many. I think the Hawks is probably the team they would like most to face. Uh, And after that, it's, you know, probably the Celtics because they've been so inconsistent this season. And then after that, you know, it's Miami. But... um, I think either way, the, the way that they're playing, you just start to feel. And, and, and Zion, it's funny how he said about the, the New York Knicks and Madison Square Garden there, because for most of his you know, senior life, his adult life, the Knicks have been terrible, but they obviously still have that appeal to young players where it's like, it's still Madison Square Garden. It's still the Knicks, even though they haven't been a model franchise for a long time now. They still have that uh, cachet about them where play, players, young players still feel that they want to play in uh, Madison Square Garden. Trey, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, so I apologize. But uh, I was thinking and watching this game where we had Randall and Zion, you know, going at it. It took a lot of shots for Randall to get a wicked box score, but he did a lot. And he's been incredible this year. He's very likely, I think, going to be in the conversation. He may even make the team for an all-NBA squad, right? Like, could both these guys in Zion and Randall make the all-NBA teams? Or will, like, one of them bump the other one out is sort of what I keep coming back to. <laughs> Uh, it's got to be between these two because they have similar looking games. <laughs> Maybe. Interesting. Uh, I mean, Randall's got a chance. I think he's got a little bit better chance than Zion just because the Knicks have been such 
uh, a pleasant surprise story, and he has been the kind of emblematic of the the Knicks' entire season, Mm -hmm. making a huge jump when nobody expected it. Same from the Knicks. Um, I don't know. I didn't break down a top six, but I know every position in the uh, (laughs) All-NBA is going to be tough for anybody to make it. But, I mean, what Randall is doing, he's producing night in, night out. He's making clutch plays. He's making clutch shots. And the box score numbers are huge for a winning team. So, He's got as good a chance as anybody to make a third team. Yeah, I think Randall's actually has a better chance, I guess, to put it that way, than Zion. Uh, and you're right. Like, I, I just that's why I threw that question at you because like I haven't actually looked at him. It's like, like is Kevin Durant gonna make an All NBA team mm. just because he's Kevin Durant, but he hasn't played a ton? Great question. I yeah. mean, Anthony Davis is another one. He probably won't make. No, one. And, like I don't think so. Yeah, so then maybe there'll be some openings for some of these yeah. guys. Uh, that's something we'll have to go through maybe later this week. Tass, any opinion on that? You think Randall's all deserving, uh, deserving of an All NBA squad though? He's deserving. He's all deserving, man. <laughs> all yeah. deserving squad. All yeah. deserving all NBA. Yeah, we went through. Yeah, when we flew through the uh, on our beach stepping podcast, we went through the guard position. Yeah, heck, that's tough. Yeah, I flew through the names uh, last Wednesday, even for the forward spot, because I wondered, can you squeeze over one of these guards that is going to be on the outside looking right. in? Uh, because there's just so many, and Yanis is making it for sure as a forward. And then, yeah, there's the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard conundrum. Those two could make it. There's the Durant and LeBron. Like, I guess Giannis, LeBron, lock it. And then there's four spots. I mean, one of those Clippers is going to make it. Mm-hmm. That's three. Yeah. And then yeah. and then it's Tatum, Durant, and then, yeah, the, the guys that we're mentioning now. So, yeah, there's a legitimate shot, I think, for Randall, unless I'm missing out on a, a big forward name. But I think those are the... Those are the ones. So yeah, look, I don't know. Just step, just without really going into it. Seems like one of those dudes would make it. Yeah. And I would agree. Randall, yeah, he's the he's the big big boy lefty that would make it out of the big boy lefty club of him and Zion Williamson. Yeah, that's why I sort of like pit those two against each other because I feel like only one of them is actually going to make that uh, that All NBA squad. But you guys bring up great points. Like, is LeBron even a lock? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It is LeBron, but he's missed a damn good chunk of games here. He but missed, I, um, I still think he's in there. Like two years ago, he missed out, didn't he? I think when he had that injury-riddled season, I think he missed out then. So he needs to get back, you know, and get back to that form pretty quickly. Just because it does be it, a lot of it is about how recently you were playing, and that sort of stays in the minds of the voters. It's like, oh, we can ignore the injury because he came back and he was great. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, it's definitely there's definitely a lot more slots open this season because three big names, Durant, Davis, and LeBron, have going to miss so much time. So uh, it could they, there could be an opening there for Zion. I just feel often as the case with young players, though, you know, you kind of got to do it, you know, more in your sort of third or fourth season before you get that recognition usually. So, you know. He might just miss out, especially if they don't make the play-out tournament, as uh, Tass says. Someone who deserves a little love for their defense. He had unbelievable highlights on the defensive end in both games. Nerlens Noel. Did you see the block on oh, man. Finney Smith was yeah. huge? And then that one on Ingram, uh, who's trying to punch it home on him. And uh, Nerlens Noel just all over him. So, uh, yeah. J.D., I thought you were gone there for a second. Maybe you just missed Lily. kept the camera on him there for a while. I like that. Just zooming in on those long locks and that beautiful tan he's got going on. Uh, all right. So, yeah, just a little love for Nolan's Noel. I don't think he's going to be making, like, an all-defensive squad. Probably nope. not. But, uh, hey, Nick's defense is uh, pretty elite, and he was special in some of those plays. All right. I mean, lock Tom Thibby in for uh, Coach of the Year at this point, right? I mean, he's going to win it. <laughs> Man. It's pretty likely the Knicks are taking home at least two awards because it feels like Julius yeah. Randle is the MIP, yeah. Yeah. as we That's talked about last week. And, I mean, how can it not be the Knicks right now? They're competitive every single night, every single possession, and that's why they're winning. Like, Randall has been great, but their defense 
is great through this season. They're missing their starting center. And Mitchell Robinson took zero steps back, slotting Nerlens Noel. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's like... What about the Monty? You're going to take it away from Monty Monty Williams and Phoenix finishing the two seed. They went 8-0 at the bubble last year. People are going to remember that. That counts, unfortunately. (laughs) That's the thing. You want... The the key to winning coach of the year is to have a team that everybody thinks is going to be terrible. And then as soon as they're good, that looks more impressive than good going to great for some Mm. reason. Yeah, that's true. And that's why, you know, maybe Quinn Snyder has a tough go of winning it another deserving guy Nate McMillan we talked about him I don't think that happens but it's a hilarious like turnaround mid-season has that ever happened has a coach ever won it when they took over in that year and mid-season probably probably not I mean Doc Rivers has got a case if the Sixers finish with the best record in the East as well yeah does he are you there? Of course he does. Uh, yeah. I'm not so sure about that. I'm not convinced <laughs> about that. Okay. Anyway, well, we don't need to get into Coach of the Year debate right now, but I love it. Uh, I guess we are going to have to start doing a lot of like our uh, award predictions here. There's a month until the, season, uh, the playoffs start, basically. Uh, over the weekend, the play-in tournament starts a, a month from, uh, from Saturday or something like that. So we're getting closer, guys. Okay, Lee, winner of the weekend. Who you got? Yeah, well, only one game for the Celtics, but it was a classic Saturday night battle uh, against the Warriors, which Boston won and withstood a, a monster 47-point game from Steph Curry. And no Jalen Brown, who was uh, he's been on fire lately, but he missed the game with a non-COVID illness. You have to uh, stress that now, that it's a non-COVID illness. So he might be back, I think, against the Bulls tonight. Uh, anyway, Kemba was big. Marcus Smart was big. But Jabari Parker, who they picked up off the scrap heap, even he contributed 11 points off the bench. And uh, they were all kind of scrappy plays, you know, broken plays, and he just was in the right place at the right time. Now, if Jabari Parker can at least score, because we know he doesn't do much else, that he could give that bench the boost that it needs. I think uh, that's the thing about him, is he, he can get buckets. It's just he doesn't really defend or, or create or do anything else. But... He was in the right place at the right time, and he knows he's pretty much in the last chance saloon as well for his career. He's, uh, you know, I mean, the fact that he's was a, a free agent and no one really wanted him, the Celtics are desperate for just any sort of support, is good for him because there is an opportunity there for him. But getting back to the Celtics, that was their sixth win in a row, and it moves them into a tie for fourth with the Atlanta Hawks, and they are fifth because the Hawks actually have the tiebreaker against Boston winning the season series. They don't play again, so if those two teams have the same record at the end of the season, Atlanta would have home court advantage mm-hmm. in a uh, playoff series. And and also, the Celtics have an easier strength of schedule from here from Atlanta. So that tiebreaker could be huge if those two teams stay uh, locked in there. And look, the Celtics this season, I mean, they've looked really bad at times. Uh, but it, it doesn't really matter if you start playing your best basketball at the right time. And they are playing it right now. Tatum seems to be really picked up, especially again on Saturday night without Jalen Brown. He had to step up. He was huge in a great uh, a great battle there with Steph Curry. And of their six recent wins on the road, they beat Denver, Portland, and the Lakers, all playoff teams. So, you know, that just shows that the Celtics, they keep teasing us like this. It's like, "Ah, I don't know if they're any good. And then you're like, well, maybe they are the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. And again, if they are at full strength, they could certainly be a a difficult uh, out for one of those top three teams um, at their best. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a pretty interesting season in Boston. But if they get it together at the right time, and I think Jalen Brown, again, no no serious injury there, just, he, I don't know, whatever he had, some sort of cold or something, he comes back, and he had that huge game too against the Lakers just last week. Uh, so they're playing the right basketball at the right time, and it's going to come down to such a tight race for who does get home court advantage of that uh, fourth and fifth matchup in the Eastern Conference. And they've got as strong a case as anybody. So yeah. I think it was a, a pretty good weekend for them because, as I say, Steph had a great game, the Celtics came back, and they uh, got a very important win 
coming back from a road trip as well. You often drop that first game back, I heard. So uh, they didn't do that this time. Yeah. Yeah. This was one of the best weekends of NBA basketball this season. I don't think I'm like exaggerating there too. Like at least the nationally televised games were like really entertaining. We had some other like thrilling finishes. Um, Felt like we had had some duds, if I'm being honest, like over the last little bit. Maybe it's because March Madness was going on too and NBA took a little backseat. This was a some great games. Like that one was amazing. That Warriors Celtics game on Saturday was fantastic test. I totally agree. It was a blast uh, watching Steph and, and Tatum go toe to toe at the end, and then Steph giving uh, some mad respect to Jason Tatum after the game, saying, "You know, he's really expanded his game. He's really stepped into his role. He's really uh, stepped into the the number one spot for the Celtics." And yeah, they've stepped up the last uh, few weeks because Tatum has been great, even though he says he's still using an inhaler pregame because uh, he contracted COVID nineteen. He still doesn't feel a hundred percent in the lungs, uh, but yeah, they feel. They feel awesome. Yeah, watching Jabari Parker go from Sacramento Kings scrap heap from them to being on the Boston Celtics and just getting the ball and scoring, that was that was wild. I mean, they just picked him up. They picked up a number two uh, draft pick, and can he can he stay healthy? Can he can he stay uh, motivated enough to be in that role? To yeah, you get the ball, man, five times a game. Just shoot that thing. You can score, uh, but you got to be able to, you know, work your butt off while you're out there. So hopefully he can do that. But that's kind of the guy that they wanted. Anyways, this team, yeah, coming together. Yeah, I think it's like who is going to be hot uh, these last four weeks? Because yeah, the Knicks have moved up the standings because they were because uh, they've won six in a row and they were below 500. The Celtics are doing the same thing. I feel like there's a, a heat streak coming on, mm. and then the Hawks can go from uh, everybody giving them the label of, yeah, they're the four seed. They're the four seed in the East. They're the four seed in the East. They could just drop real quickly. So there's there's lots of basketball to be played, and it's who's going to finish uh, hot to uh, to jump up in the standings. But the Celtics got a ton of potential. I think, you know, of these teams we're talking about, they have the highest ceiling uh, because they have Tatum, they have Brown, they have a, a Kemba who, you know, had a little shimmy, shimmy shake uh, after his big shot against the Warriors. Maybe he's feeling good. There's a lot going on with that Celtics team that's going right for once, I mean, it's yeah. I can't, I can't fully buy in. I don't think anyone really, really fully wants to buy in. But it's, it's nice to have them at least making noise, at least showing like they could, you know, give one of those top three teams a shake in the playoffs. Lee, what's your favorite drink to order at the Last Chance Saloon? I like the uh, Pirates Passion. That was, uh, that was one of the cocktails I was drinking down in Turks and Caicos down there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I order a, I order a box boxcar social myself, uh, but uh, happy to hear yeah. you had some nice beverages. That's the last chance saloon, right? That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. yeah I always passion. thought it was the last chance to loon. <laughs> no, it's from um, I think it's from the Looney Tunes cartoon. I think. Mm. Um, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's where Elmer Fudd made his. Yeah. Made his, made his money. I hope, <laughs> it, I hope uh, we see the Last Chance Saloon in Space Jam 2. I'll be upset if we don't. Um, all right, Tass. So maybe you, you teased it there, but who is your uh, winner of the weekend? It is the Miami Heat, I'm, I'm guessing. You're talking them up here lately on what you need to know, and this one even this morning. Well, yeah, for over the weekend, yeah, I'm hot for the heat, no doubt. Uh, especially after, uh, uh, if you need to cool down, have some Pirates Passion. <laughs> yeah, man. What's in a, what's cool in a your booty down. Pirates Passion makes it sound cool like you boost. had some sort of drink that had you on the shitter for, like, hours. No, 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 no. It was Passion Fruit. You know, they just put ramen, gin. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah, just give me something. Just give me some of those big, fancy, yellowy cocktails that I can just sit back and sip on that. I don't really care. They all taste kind of the same. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, it was great. All they right. get you. They, you know, the old two for one. You know, it's like, yeah, all right, sure. Do you want two? <laughs> Not really, but yeah, give me two for one. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you all inclusive though? No, it wasn't all inclusive. Oh, it wasn't. No. Okay, no, okay, gotcha. No. Yeah. yeah, one for Turks, one for Caicos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One uh, for Titos, one for Manos, <laughs> one for Caicos. One for Lily, one for Roxy. <laughs> yeah, well, see, Roxy's not a big drinker, you know, so right. she gets a few sips, so I have to end up uh, guzzling a couple of them there, you know. <laughs> I was a little <laughs> bit drunk. <laughs> big, big umbrella in each of those drinks, right? No, 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 no umbrellas, actually. Yeah, Very good. disappointing. Well, uh, think about the sea turtles. Think about those hippie turtles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good point, those yeah, good point. Turtles. <laughs> these, was, these were served actually like a Slurpee. You know, they don't put it in glasses. They put it in the in the plastic because they know if people get drunk and, you know, they tip them all over the place. So it took a little bit of the shine off it, to be honest. You know, I want the fancy. I want all the uh, everything that comes with it. The big glass where you have to hold it like that and sip it like a real pretentious oh prick. God. Couldn't do it. I had to slurp it like I was at 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. Yeah, he's refreshed and re-energized, man. Oh my god. Okay, Tass, tell me about the heat, man. Why? Why are you all into them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hot for them because uh, on Friday, Jimmy Butler called out his teammates after they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And it was typical, typical Jimmy fashion. He said, "Man, we're soft. Simple as that. It's it's a real Jimmy thing to say." And he called out Bam Adebayo specifically. He said, "Bam has got to take it to the hole more," and Bam did just that. I think. Um, going from Friday to Sunday, uh, you know, Jimmy Jimmy realized that Bam Adebayo could be the key to this team being really, really good. And Bam did that on, on Sunday where he was going to the hole against the Brooklyn Nets. He responded. They didn't have Jimmy Butler in this game, I guess because he was soft. No, I'm just kidding. He had an ankle injury, so he was sitting. Bam had 21 and 15 on 9 of 16 shooting. I know that I talk a lot about, like, the guys on the fringes, the, like – on what you need to know, I talked about Derrick Rose today and Emmanuel quickly a little bit. But if a team's going to be good, their stars obviously have to be good. And mm-hmm. Jimmy sees that Bam Adebayo could be a real, real special player in this league. I mean, he's got the potential. He's a starting center that can bring the ball up. He can score at will. And against the Nets, even though they're seventh in the standings, you could see how they could be great. Because if Jimmy is there, and he's been great this season, and Bam steps it up a little bit in the number one role without Jimmy, then you could see how they can be good. And it went all the way down to the wire, which you probably shouldn't have if you're if you're hot for the heat like I am. But uh, Bam Adebayo got it done. Last possession, he lined up Jeff Green, took him close to the rack, and then when Jeff Green wouldn't give any more, he did a little step back and hit a shot over him for his first buzzer beater of his career so bam got the game winner jimmy's got to be smiling he didn't recognize jimmy on the sideline with his glasses uh, <laughs> it was unrecognizable to me but uh he was happy and yeah everybody's got to be happy that, that bam is playing to his potential a bit like tyler hero hasn't been himself this season he hasn't been bubble hero at all Goran dragic has been in a lineup victor Oladipo is injured for them so they need bam to be bam yep. jimmy sees that and uh even though they're seventh again not far from the Knicks, and we got a race. We got a race because Bam Adebayo is a special, special dude. So if he responds well to Jimmy calling him out, that's a good sign for the postseason for this team. I've decided my best chance of winning that $100 off your tasks to have the Nets not make the finals is to have the Heat play the Nets in the first round. So like a 2-7 mm. matchup. Like, that's what I want. Even if they don't beat them, to make it a war, right? To like That would not be, I don't think, an easy victory by any means for the Nets. I think that would be actually an entertaining series. I think Brooklyn would still advance. And then they would have to hopefully take on like 
the Bucks there in a second round situation, and then maybe the Sixers uh, in a conference finals. Jeez, you imagine those three teams, if the Nets had to go through them, which is possible, and they could, don't get me wrong, could go all the way to the finals, but that's my best chance to have mm. one of those squads, I think, uh, knock off your Brooklyn Nets there and uh, hopefully win me $100, but we will see. Yeah. But yeah, the Heat are, and, and, heat are tough. And they're, and they're banged up. Look, Kevin Durant so left this game on Sunday with a bit of a Charlie horse. Shouldn't be a, a, ma- a major injury, but yeah, James Harden is still out, so they're they're definitely uh, they got to be worried a little bit, right? I mean, I, I, they're just freaking good, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. at some point, yeah, we'll be worried. Uh, okay, a few mini winners of the weekend. The Grizzlies, I think we got to give uh, a little tip of the cap to a little tip of uh, that awesome beach hat that you had on there, Lily, when you were down in uh, Turks and Caicos. Um, Memphis is in the midst of a seven-game road trip, a super long road trip here. But they started it off perfectly. They're 2-0. They opened that trip Friday with the 126-115 victory against your Chicago Bulls. Trey Kirby, Dylan Brooks, the most punchable face in the NBA, scored a season-high 32. He is having some great games recently. And then they followed that up over the weekend. Grayson Allen shot 7-10 from three-point range. He scored 26. A bunch of guys were in double figures as the Grizzlies beat the Bucks, 128-115. So... The Grizzlies was my team at the halfway marks. I just watched them. I think they're ready to go on a little bit of a run, especially when they get some of their guys back, which is weird because they don't have some of their guys. Brandon Clark's banged up. DeAnthony Melton, Justice Winslow. Now Valanchunas. This one sucks. He's Mm. in the concussion protocol. Uh, He took an elbow in the third quarter of their Saturday's game and was down on the floor before getting up to continue playing, but he won't play uh, in their next game. Though, 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 Jaron Jackson Jr., he's been changed from uh, upgraded, I guess, too doubtful there on the injury report. Now, he probably still won't play, but he's, that means you're getting closer here. So that's good. We could see him uh, pretty soon, which would be huge for the Grizzlies. They're a good road team. They're 16-10 and 10 on the road. They're weirdly 13-16 and 16 at home, so maybe they can uh, get a couple more victories on this very long road trip. But uh, I love Xavier Tillman saying, we're the road warriors. That's our thing. <laughs> that's our motto, road warriors. We walk in your trap and take over your trap. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I keep talking about the Grizzlies, man. They're fun as hell to watch. You should be watching just for John Morant alone. But they got a bunch of these like scrappy guys, and we talk about JV all the time and how like he just enforces his will on the game, being a big dude that's not afraid to throw it around. But, yeah, all these other guys contributing. Tillman's been great off the bench. Like I said, Grayson Allen, so... Grizzlies, man, I think they're going to be a playoff team, and it'll just be, you know, interesting to see where they fall in uh, having to win one game, having to try and win two games to get in. Can they even just sort of, like, get up there and get back into that race for, like, uh, I guess it's like the Blazers-Mavs there, right? Uh, down more it's at the bottom. Again, yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably unlikely to get that far up, but I love watching yeah. the Grizzlies play. So, a winner of the weekend to them. The people in the stream team are asking, Skeets. <sighs> How can a team that has Grayson Allen on the team, how can the most punchable face know, in the league be Dylan Brooks? It's crazy. And then you've got Valanchunas there who's actually throwing his face into everybody, getting hit in the face. This is a rough and tumble team here. And honestly, Grayson Allen, this guy's been balling lately. Yeah. If he didn't miss those free throws uh, against the Mavericks, they win that game yep. as well. He was in the midst of a great game. Finding a secondary playmaker and scorer has been great for the Grizzlies. Uh, well, who yeah. had a more punchable face in the actual Road Warriors, Hawk or Animal? <laughs> <laughs> Tough call. Tough know. call. Like animal, actually, but I don't animal, know why. Yeah. Which paint yeah. do you want smeared on your hand? <laughs> I think Animal had more dots in his paint. The dots are punchable. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I, I've got my uh, my little wrestler action figures hanging around, and I. I've got the demolition. I guess they were just called the demolition, right? 
Yeah, Demolition Team. Demolition Team. Axe and Smash. Axe Smash and Crush was the third one that they ended up uh, throwing in, yeah. Yeah, they kicked him to the side. For, like, he was gone after a while. Yeah, right? he was some sort of weird storyline there where there yeah. was a third guy. Yeah, you didn't know which two you were going to face on any given match. <laughs> right. Oh, good. Yeah, they good did call. that whole thing. Yeah. You, I need your also hunt. the uh, turtle in Finding Nemo. There you go. Okay, yeah. There we go. <laughs> and then he was in WCW, right? Was he a long, Was there a long-haired crush? Yeah, that was him. Oh, it was the same guy? It's the same guy, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> he was also in the WWF at one point, if you're thinking of the same guy I am. He had, like, the long blonde locks. And, oh. Like, his, like, whole thing was, like, he would squeeze your head like a pineapple or a melon. <laughs> pop your head. Uh, give you your pineapple juice for your pirate drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, happy f- I'm happy for Grayson Allen. Seven threes. I know. On, that's a freaking monstrous number, yeah, for him to bounce back and... We talked about Coach of the Year, Taylor Jenkins. Yeah, he, definitely... he deserves a look. He deserves sure. a look. I don't think they basically have the same record as the Knicks. I mean, that's that's like a huge accomplishment yeah. for the Grizzlies if yeah. they can they can squeeze some pineapple juice out of that team. He's getting the most out of that <laughs> squad. <laughs> I just want them in the playoffs. I really do because I want to see John Moran in a playoff hmm. series. And uh, I, like, I don't have them winning a first round series, but let's just get him in there. It would be good for like their growth, no doubt. All right, another winner of the weekend to uh, to the city of Montreal. Yes, for the first time ever in NBA history, we had three Montrealers playing in the same game. It all started, actually, too. Uh, it was just, I'm talking about the Raptors-Thunders game. Boucher was the real star, 31 points, 11 boards. The zombie Raptors here, uh, they are still alive. They beat the Thunder 112-106. OKC's on a 10-game losing streak. They're not trying to win games. But Lou Dort, I saw the stream team going nuts. When are you going to talk about Lou Dort? Dort! He popped off for 29. He made se- uh, like all seven of his shots uh, in the first quarter, including five threes. He started to cool off as it went on. And then let's not forget, forget Ken Birch, also from Montreal, who started for the Zombie Raptors because they finally have a center here that can actually do something. And he was decent, you know, seven points, six boards, but like doing the little things to help you win a game, like setting huge picks. Actually, he's not like that bad with the ball off the roll and stuff like that. So just a shout out to Montreal. You know, when you think of the Canadian ballers, you're generally thinking of the Toronto area, uh, maybe BC. But Montreal, you know, three guys that are like solid players in this league, uh, at least looking like they could be longtime rotation players in Boucher, Dort, and uh, Birch. So just a little shout out to them. That's pretty cool for the 514. Oui, bonjour. Hey! Enchanté! Je suis Trey! This guy's all over his babble, man. Uh, all right, Trey, before we get to the losers, we got to show some love to a bunch of big beefs, too. Oh, a big weekend for big beefs. Getting busy in the butcher shop. Carving up a triple stack of roast beef. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. Rudy Gobert had 23 rebounds. Ladies and gentlemen, this is beef number five. Classic. Clint Capella had 24 rebounds. That's his fourth beef. That ain't too shabby. Ain't too shabby. And Isaiah Stewart had 21 rebounds. Been waiting all season for a beef stew. No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. Oh 
my goodness. What oh, a yeah. weekend. What a weekend. Three beefs. That's a lot of roast beef. <laughs> a couple of beef notes for you. Rudy Gobert takes the beef lead with beef number five. The trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> trumpet no, no. made out of beef. <laughs> okay. If somebody can make a trumpet out of beef, send it to me. I'll grill it up and eat it. Also, don't know if you guys caught this. The Pacers got beefed in back-to-back games there. Oh, Rudy wow. Gobert and Clint Capella both going 20-plus against the Pacers, who are one of the worst rebounding teams in the league, but have their own beefer. And DeMontis Sabonis really makes you think. But the big news, of course, we finally got a beef from a guy nicknamed Beef Stew. Mm. It was meant to beef. <laughs> That's his nickname. Oh. Beef Stew, yeah. I mean... <laughs> He's a brawny guy. His last name's Stuart. Yeah. yeah. What else are you supposed it's to do? It's perfect. Yeah. I love yeah. it. My, my favorite part of while the beefs are playing, you're just enjoying every beef line. Like like you're hearing it for the first time, Trey. <laughs> you're just seeing like the, uh, the, uh, the, the Rudy Gobert one. Um, I can't even think the of it now. The number five. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. The... Uh, what, the, what, what was I don't, you just watched it? I know I just watched it, but then I got hit with beef stew afterwards. Anyways, there's too many beefs. Well, my uh, favorite, my favorite part is like when it happens now, I just think, what will be the line that Trey adds to it? Like, uh, like right. the Capella one was interesting. That it, not too shabby or not too shabby. Shabby. That's like, yeah. Oh, you know, Capella threw me for a loop here. Yeah. I wasn't expecting this guy to beef last night. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was just ready to roll with a Rudy and a beef stew. But if Clint wants some, I'll throw some Swiss on that. No hey, hey, it's catching on though, TK, because uh, my buddy Grish, I mean our buddy Grish, was at the game, at the Hawks game yesterday, and he was giving me beef updates <laughs> during the game. He's like, 17, Pills at 17, looking good, look like we're getting a beef here. I'm like, all right, man, sweet. So, you know, people are into it. Yeah, no doubt, and not a surprise that it would happen on a Sunday. Obviously, Chick-fil-A doesn't serve on Sunday, so beef down there at State Farm Arena. All right, awesome stuff. No wedgies, unfortunately, but a lot of big beefs, which you love to see. All right, let's get to Losers of the Weekend, but first, a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors Row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Sorry about squirmy, man. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, the boys were loving because we found him outside, yep. brought him in, dug some mud, you know, took some mud in there. We throw like some food scraps in there. Squirmy had pretty good appetite, I'll tell you that too. Really? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you need a lot more water in there. Can't go a few days without the water, so... <laughs> 
Anyway, you live and learn. There's more worms out there. There's another squirmy out there for sure. All right, let's get to NBA uh, Weekend Losers. Uh, Trey, get us started. Where do you want to go? Oh, loser of the weekend, the Dallas Mavericks. We talked about the loss on Friday against the Knicks. Tough loss, but the Knicks are a playoff team. They play hard every single game. On Sunday, though, the Mavs lost to the Sacramento Kings. Sacramento came in on a nine-game losing streak, and honestly, they smacked Dallas. Kings never trailed in this one. They got out to a 21-point lead in the third quarter. There was a run by the Mavericks, mostly Luka Doncic. But Sacramento hold, held on for the win in the fourth quarter thanks to a 12-point fourth from De'Aaron Fox. Luka was on fire, too. He scored 22 in the quarter, but the Mavs just could not get a stop. Pretty much the same thing on Friday and Sunday. Whoever the guards got on a switch, whether it be Derrick Rose, R.J. Barrett, or De'Aaron Fox, were just living in the lane, mostly getting to the rim, occasionally kicking out to teammates, But, I don't know, you see the Mavericks getting roasted time and time again by these guards, and you just think the perimeter athleticism isn't quite there for the Mavericks to be able to keep up with these quick guards. You heard it on the broadcast a few times last night. Mavs can't lose this game, but they did. They've lost four of five now. Their only win was the Luka Leaner two games back at the Blazers for sixth in the West. If you don't want to play in the play-in tournament, you got to beat the bad teams. Yep, can't argue with that one. Uh, man, I feel like the Mavericks and Blazers sort of dropped the ball here over the last couple of weeks. There was an opportunity to rise up there in the Western totally. Conference standings, and they both sort of were like just average. I think they were like maybe over the last 10, they're basically like 500 teams. Maybe the Blazers are even worse than that. And I felt like there was an opportunity there to like, you know, maybe you catch the Lakers there, who have done mm. well without their guys. You know, they play mm-hmm. basically sort of 500 ball. But if you had gone on the winning streak, then maybe you get up there and then you're like getting a first round series with the Nuggets or something like that. Instead, uh, some of these teams, I'm talking about the Blazers and Mavericks, are going to be in this probably the play-in tournament. And then they're going to have to win their way in. Um, So it's a little disappointing. So Mavs, as a loser, I think you could probably put the Blazers in there as well. But Lee, where do you want to go for yours? Yeah, well, uh, I'm just going to go back mainly to yesterday's game, as Trey alluded to earlier. The the Knicks being a winner, uh, the Pelicans are a loser. They desperately needed that win yesterday. Yeah. And again, Trey mentioned seven. They were leading by seven with under four minutes to go and were still up with three with eight seconds to go when Derek Rose drove inside and Lonzo Ball should have let him have the layup because then it would have still been a one-point game to the uh, Pelicans. But instead, he kind of left his man, who was Reggie Bullock in the corner, shooting 40% from downtown. He hit the three, tied the game, and then the Knicks went on to win by 10 in overtime. Afterwards, we got a great Stan Van Gundy rant, um, basically saying high school kids could have executed better than his team. He didn't say Lonzo's name, but he was basically saying Lonzo cost us the game. And if you watch that play again, he gets right into Lonzo's face and Lonzo's like, yeah, my bad, my bad, like that. And Stan hates that sort of stuff. Um, Back-to-back overtime losses for the Pelicans this weekend to the Wizards and the Knicks. And they also dropped their third game prior to that also to the New York Knicks. And they're now three games back of San Antonio for that uh, play-in spot. Their season basically is hanging by a thread, Mm -hmm. I think, right now. They they cannot really afford to go any further behind. And, you know, all the speculation about Zion Williamson, obviously it's it's too early. But he is in his second season. And we just know that if the Pelicans don't make significant improvements, I think, next season, then all that speculation is certainly going to build up. Now, again, the Pelicans hold all the leverage here because they can offer him that huge contract. But there's pressure on on Dave Griffin in that front office to get it right. You know, they've got some nice pieces there. I think Ingram's a good piece. I'm not sure. I don't think Lonzo Ball is a part of the future. I don't think Eric Bledsoe is a part of their future. And Stephen Adams, who I thought was a good signing, 
not sure he's the right fit there either. So mm-hmm. so Dave Griffin, you know, and, and obviously the season isn't over yet. I just feel it's going to be very tough for them to get into the play-in tournament. They've got some work to do. They've, mm-hmm. got, they've got some work to do because you know that if the Pelicans struggle again next season, then everyone's just going to say, well, you know, Zion, maybe he doesn't sign that extension. Maybe he just takes that one-year sort of qualifying offer and gives himself a chance at free agency. Unlikely, but these things pretty quickly add up if the team doesn't make uh, strides when you've got a franchise-altering player in Zion Williamson. You have to sort of put that team around him immediately. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, the, the, the chat gets uh, picks up straight away. And again, Stan Van Gundy, I'm not sure he's the right coach for that team. Yeah, I'm, I'm not right, sure. Right. I'm not sure. I don't, I, Dave Griffin's a very, very smart GM. Uh, you know, friend of the program, so we know him. I was a little surprised he, he went with Stan Van Gundy, and I just wonder, you know, how sort of long he goes with him. Obviously, he gets this season, but next season, if they don't sort of start winning early... I wonder if he does make a change there because, uh, again, New Orleans is, is not a franchise, not a destination franchise. We saw what happened with Anthony Davis, and you just know that people around Zion will be saying, listen, man, they, mm-hmm. if they're not giving you a team, you know, who knows what could happen. So it's uh, still still a while off, but that, though, like I say, those things come pr- come around pretty quickly. So uh, some pressure on the Pelicans, certainly this summer. Is Griff uh, such a fan of the show that you get to call him Dave? Never heard him call Dave in my life. Yeah, I mean, you called Dave three times in the stretch of one minute. There, I've never heard him call Dave. I've seen him a couple of times on the road. I'm always, I'm always a Dave. You know, we have a bro hug. I mean, I guess, yeah. Okay, Um, I don't want to sugarcoat that Stan Van Gundy quote. Uh, I want to read it to everybody because he went in on, on his team, and yeah, you're right. Probably more specifically, Ball. Quote, SVG, after that loss, nobody had to make a play, make a shot, make a pass. You didn't have to do anything. You just had to do what the hell you were supposed to do. High school guys could have executed down the stretch. With 7.8 seconds, high school guys could have done what they're supposed to do. Tass, that is, uh, that's a quote you do not see from an NBA coach all that often. I mean, I know he's frustrated. Stan Van's always frustrated. But, like, he didn't hold back there saying, like, you dumbasses. Like... I told you what to do, and you didn't do it. And you left the guy in the corner when like, you just gave up the one shot we weren't supposed to give up. Also, you could have taken fouls, anything else except what you guys did, like helping off and then leaving a wide-open three-point shooter in the corner. This was the time we needed to hear what Stan Van Gundy said on the floor to Lonzo Ball. Why aren't we getting that mic'd up? Right. Because Lonzo Ball left uh, Reggie Bullock in the corner, and unfortunately for him, it was right in front of the Pelicans' bench. So as soon... As the ball went down, Lonzo Ball walked right to his bench, and Stan Van just tossed up his hands like WTF, threw it up, and started giving it to him. And he was totally right. And I'm sure he saw minutes earlier, Lonzo Ball had a great drive, a fast break. He took it out of his own hoop and then scored at the other end, and he did a little high-stepping. It looked like LaMelo Ball. You know, you're high-stepping at one end, but you can't play D on the other end when it's just getting into the face of the other guy. It's totally true. I have no idea why he left Reggie Bullock in that quarter. It makes absolutely no sense. I wouldn't blame Dave. I wouldn't blame <laughs> Trage. That's short for Trajan Lang. Just, oh. who's, uh, it, nobody's ever called him Trage. But uh, yeah, those guys in the front office, I mean, what, what are they supposed to do? Uh, I think it's, it's interesting. They traded Drew Holiday before this season. You think about it now. Obviously, he would help, but he wasn't really on the same timeline with, uh, with Zion Williamson. So they cashed in. You'd think Lonzo Ball, well, he's on the same timeline. Right. But I think he's got four more weeks in a Pelicans uniform because they need shooting. They need they need capable, reliable shooting. And they probably probably really, really miss uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker right now, who, yeah, he's not a big name, but he's scoring for them at the very least. They 
You can't rely on Eric Bledsoe. This was a game where Eric Bledsoe had a great second half, and they still lost. Uh, so that's that's worrisome for for them. But yeah, they, they it's really Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, and then pff, blow it up. I mean, maybe maybe keep Alexander Walker because he's cheap, but they're just looking looking for guys. Kyra Lewis, they'll probably keep around, but uh, yeah, I, I mean. I wouldn't say Zion Williamson, you know, is, is looking to leave quite yet, but yeah, at some point, um, at some point, they have to build a good team around him. But I think Stan Van Gundy has given Zion the keys, so he's got to be happy with with that. Zion's got to be happy that he's playing point guard and playing whatever position he wants. Uh, but yeah, they just got to help him out a little bit uh, and, and get the right team around him, like we've talked about before. What's the perfect fit around Zion? I mean, it's, it seems like it's a a LeBron type recipe, right? Let the guy drive. Get some shooters around him. They don't, they have no one that's really reliable. And even though Lonzo's young, and has upside, uh, I don't think you can say, "Hey, we'll give you a four-year, eighty million dollar deal that he's going to get on the market," because they're unsure if he's going to be a reliable shooter. Right? right. Yeah. The problem is, you also, if you're going to get a bunch of shooters around Zion, they need to be able to play some defense. <laughs> so yeah. They don't stop anybody. This team, and uh, they give it all back on the other end. But we'll see. And you know, that's sort of SVG's like thing, right? You know, we're going to get a good defense in here, and we're going to turn that around. They're like 27th in the league when it comes to defensive rating. They just can't get enough stops. So it's it's a little disappointing. Um, but yeah, do you think Stan Van Gundy's coaching them next year, Trey? If you were a betting man, yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, only because he is a notable coach, and they just signed him to a deal, so those kind of things. Uh, I think they certainly factor into it. Not to mention, he's the guy who really put the ball in Zion's hands and said, go make a million plays. There are less questions now, I think, about Zion than there were coming into this season, but more questions about everything else with regards to the Pelicans and how to actually build around Zion. I don't know. You saw that uh, Stan Van Gundy's best teams were built around uh, a big ball handler and a screen and roll kind of guy. So maybe he they keep him around because they think, I don't know, we can get a super Hedo Turkaloo out of this. There's a weird comparison for Zion for you. But a wing guy who handles the ball and makes every play, it's at least a similar. But yeah, you got to get some shooting. You got to get some defense. You got to get the things that Stan Van Gundy is known for because right now it's basically just Zion and maybe Brandon Ingram will score some points as well. Final loser of the weekend. I want to give it to the NBA for finding the Spurs and Raptors this weekend. I want to get your take on this, guys. Um, they find the Spurs and the Raps $25,000 each, again, over the weekend, for violating the league's player resting policy. So the Spurs sat DeRozan, Patty Mills, uh, Teenage Mutant, Yaka Pirtle to give them rest on Saturday night in Phoenix. And it didn't matter. Spurs hammered the Suns. Like, they got a huge victory. Raptors also fined $25K on Saturday for violating the same policy the night prior. Um, they were also victorious, though, despite resting Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. They beat the Magic 113-102. So according to the league's resting policy, teams should not rest multiple healthy players for the same game. And when they do rest healthy players, it's supposed to be in home games. I give them a loser of the weekend because I think if there's one season to get rid of this dumbass rule, it's this one where teams are like having to like sort of save themselves from like running their guys into the ground or getting them injured because they're having to play all these crazy back-to-backs. The schedule's condensed. It's weird. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and in the Raptors' case, they're not even at home. So I just thought it was fascinating that they're like, wow, well, we're sticking to our guns. Hey, you guys rested some players, uh, $25,000 each. And it's like such a like meaningless fine, to be honest, too. It's like, why? Why did they do this? So, Lee, I mean, it seems like you're agreeing with me. I'm just like baffled by this. Like, not this season, guys. Like, yeah. You're like, it's already insane. We're hearing guys like Fred Van Vliet say, you know, this was, all, of course, all about the money and stuff like that. We all know that's going to be the case. Like, but teams are actually trying to, like, 
think of their players first in some of these situations. Mm-hmm. And the NBA says, well, no, it's got to be at home and can't do it with multiple guys. Like, I get it, but not this year. No, uh, it just makes no sense at all. And uh, look, guys get injured every every season. And I know we lost Jamal Murray uh, last week, mm-hmm. which is uh, awful to see. That happens. That's not just because of this season. But you would think the NBA would just be like, listen, we're, we're asking these guys, and especially teams like the Grizzlies who miss so many games, they've got now such a condensed schedule to see this one out. If you're the Grizzlies sports staff or sports scientists, they're probably saying, listen, it just doesn't make sense for these guys to play so many games in a row. So we are, we are going to have to take the lead here and, uh, and sit guys down. And the NBA should be supporting that, really, right now. So, and again, if you're going to find a team at $25,000, you may as well find them five bucks. It doesn't make any difference. Right. Uh, it's just, it just sort of, it just looks tacky, I think, honestly, for the league to be like, we're finding you because, you know, uh, the, the Raptors, well, not going to make the playoffs. The Spurs are probably going to make the play-in tournament. So it's not as though it's like a, a nationally televised, if it's the Celtics and the Warriors on Saturday night and they do right. it, then you can understand the NBA because they the way they schedule those games is so that they don't play in back-to-backs and things like that. This is just meaningless. So, yeah, just just weird. Just sort of, sort of seems like they're causing, you know, the, themselves to get um, basically put hang shit on the NBA for putting out these ridiculous fines for teams saying, we need to take a few precautions here with our players. What do you think, Tass? I totally agree. I, I find it strange. I just I just thought this would be the year that it wouldn't happen. And it it doesn't happen very often. It, it, even in years past, when it's you know been pretty apparent that guys are wrestling guys, I, yeah, I just didn't think that this would be the case. It seems like they just pick and choose their spots. I wonder what's happening in the league office where they decide, yeah, that team. Because there are teams that get away with it. Yeah, I mean, my gut almost says that every team got a warning a couple weeks ago because the league saw this happening more. Mm. Like you talk about, there were some nationally televised games, Lee, where it's like there are injuries and then there are also guys being rested. And that's the other thing we've talked about before. It's like, okay, I mean, (laughs) it's like uh, we're resting him. Well, just say he's got a... Yeah. You know, a, a tingle in his hamstring uh, that uh, we don't want to risk. You know, like, it's so silly that is already. But I think the league told all the teams, hey, guys, uh, we're starting to see a lot of guys being arrested here. And then the Spurs continue to do it and the Raptors continue to do it. And I don't blame them at all uh, in some of these instances, a lot of these instances, again, because of the condensed schedule and what their doctors are saying. Uh, and then the league's like, okay, well, we got to do this because we've already ma- we made the warning tray and now they're still doing it. So... Here's your $25,000 fine, guys. I just think it's still silly. Yeah, completely silly. As the stream team is mentioning, Al Horford is signed to a major <laughs> contract. He's just not playing for the rest of the right. season. There should yeah. be a clause in the CBA that, yes, they can fine you if you are arresting your players and they determine that that is the case rather than realistic or real injuries. However, if you win that game, you should get all the money back. Because yes. the Spurs yes. and the Raptors yeah, both won their games. Like, if you rest your yeah. guys and the reserves that fill in, if they win, you should. the NBA should give those guys the fine money. Yes. And then they get to enjoy it. And, like, you know, we get to get see, like, an Instagram of them celebrating a big pizza party. <laughs> hey, 25K, look at this. It should be an honor. Like, like why does the NBA not like it that players that nobody knows about are playing incredibly well? Isn't that good for the league? Yeah. I would think so, but I don't know. People want to see Donovan Mitchell. They don't want to see Lou Dort score 40 points. I guess so, yes. <laughs> they're, they're Dort haters up there in the mm-hmm. league office. Uh, that's a great point. Yeah, the victories. I mean, and that's the whole other thing. It's like, like I guess you could just like the Raptors could be like, okay, Lowry and Siakam are starting, and they come out there. They don't even take their warm-ups off. 
Uh, oh, timeout. Oh, you're out of the game. Oh, we played. <laughs> yep. No, it's like, there. I mean, it's so stupid. Uh, but anyway, it feels like a lot of people in the stream team agreeing with that one. So uh, it looks like we got a consensus loser of the weekend there for those weird, weird finds. Okay. We still got Tweet of the Night. Uh, we got the Pick'em results and the new Pick'em game. But Tass, one more quick break. Uh, let's get to <laughs> Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet. Ah. Uh, Wow, crazy uh, tweet of the night. It's actually tweets of the night. Lee and I were battling to see who was going to get tweet of the night. I had a good one in the in the you know lined up in the hopper, and then Lee comes out of nowhere back from Turks and he goes, "Oh, I got one." And I was like, "No, I got one. No, I got one." I was like, "Let's just do them both." <laughs> I'll All right, them down. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go first, Lee. I do like yours as well, but this was just a crazy tweet. We talked about Steph Curry versus Tatum going crazy. Curry's on an unreal run right now. At Tommy Beer. Uh, I had one of those in Turks and Caicos once. Uh, <laughs> if Steph Curry missed each of his next 500 three-point attempts, say he went 0 for 500 over the next two seasons and retired, he'd still have a higher career three-point percentage than Ray Allen. If wow. Steph missed each of his next 600 three-pointers, he'd still have a higher three-point percentage than Reggie Miller. That's just insane. Uh, no idea if it's true. I didn't fact check it, but uh, great tweet. <laughs> great tweet, Tom Beer. Uh, yeah. I believe it is true. Cheers, Tommy. Yeah, uh, Curry is a like a forty-three point four percent three-point shooter. Ray Allen was like basically exactly forty percent, and Reggie was thirty-nine point five. But uh, you know, because Curry has taken so damn many, and it's just he's unbelievable that uh, that's wild that he could miss that many in a row and still sort of be at the exact same uh, three-point percentage as those guys. So, Lee, I thought you would like that one, but you got another one for us. Yes, and I'm going to play the homer card here oh, because uh, last week we had the WNBA draft. And the number eight pick by the Chicago Sky was a lady by the name of Shyla Hill. And she is the daughter of former Australian basketball player, NBA player as well, Shane Hill. And Shyla tweeted this out uh, a couple of days ago. She said, I was six years old when I told my dad I'm going to play in the WNBA one day. 13 years of giving basketball everything I have. And I can finally say, Dad, I made it. And she did. And uh, I was looking at a few mock drafts before this. And she was projected to go a little bit later, sort mm-hmm. of somewhere in the teens. So for her to go number eight, uh, I was I was a little bit surprised on. But uh, great for her and just great for Australian basketball. And I was trying to think, you know, if there's been ever sort of any father-daughter combinations from the NBA to the WNBA. I think Carl Malone's daughter played briefly. And I know Akeem Olajuwon's daughter was a, a good college basketball player. But uh, JaVale this is just a great... JaVale McGee, I guess? Uh, Pam. Pam yeah, McGee's Pam McGee's mom. Oh, Pam. Pam. Yeah, well, that was yep. mother old, to son, I guess. Son. Yeah, yeah. But uh, just a great moment for Australian basketball because uh, Shane Hill, most people have at least heard of him if you've followed the NBA in the 90s because he had a, uh, a little altercation with Charles Barkley during a, uh, a friendly game before the 1996 Olympics. So that was a big talking point. And uh, Shyla, she's feisty. She's like her dad. She plays tough. And uh, I expect her to have a, a, you know, I expect her to play quite a bit in this first season for Chicago playing alongside Candace Parker there so she's going to be learning from a legend and uh, just a really exciting moment for her and for Australian basketball are you going to get the jersey Lily? I think I might get the jersey I oh, think right. so yes. Yeah. yes well we were talking um, about how great these new WNBA jerseys are for oh, the most yeah. part a lot of them are awesome so yeah, that's a deep roster in Chicago, though. There's not a lot of playing time to go around. There's yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Yeah, let's get a scouting point or a scouting report here, Lee. What kind of game are we getting from Shyla Heel? Is this a Shane Heel-like game, a shooter? 
I think so. Yes, from what mm-hmm. I've seen, she's got that three pointer. She can step outside, but uh, she's going to go inside. She's going to try to score as well because Shane's only like five ten, five eleven, and I think she inherited her height from her father too. I don't <laughs> think she's super tall, Shyla. Right. So uh, she's going to get inside. She's going to throw her body around, and she's going to uh, work hard. But the one thing for sure is that she's not going to take a backward step. I think that's what she did absolutely inherit from her father as well because Shane had to punch above his weight um, a lot of the time because he was small, but he, he achieved a lot of success. He did play with the San Antonio Spurs briefly too there in 2003, but obviously most of his uh, professional, you know, his prime years were spent in Australia and Europe. So great moment for Shane and Shyla and Australian basketball. Love it. Chicago, the Chicago Sky have another father-daughter professional career professional sports career but that's delino de shields the baseball player and diamond de shields plays for the chicago sky there's a father. and they got a couple they got a brother sister candace parker's anthony parker played mm-hmm. in the league obviously played in, in the nba and no more uh i don't know of a father classic father daughter nba WNBA. Mm. don't think there's another no, one think, i don't have another one think it over think it over yeah let's think about it pick them results brought to you by bet mgm uh friday night's game Portland, San Antonio, Blazers favored by one and a half. Had to win by two or more. They won the game, but didn't cover. Oh my goodness, we're on a hell of a run with games like this. Like, uh, Vegas is nailing these lines, I'll tell you that. Uh, we had Tass pick in Portland. We had Trey pick in Portland. I picked Portland. And Lee, JD, filling in for you, actually swerved because he didn't want everybody <laughs> taking the same team, and it worked out in your favor. So uh, you can thank JD for that one. So yeah, you won that game. Because the Spurs <laughs> lost by one and they covered the line. Crazy stuff. Uh, so you're seven and five. You're tied with Tass at the top. Trey six and six, and I'm way back at four and eight. So what's our game tonight, Tass? Oh, we got a good one here. Phoenix against the Milwaukee Bucks. Big battle. The Bucks are favored at home by three and a half. Suns coming off a loss, although they're hot. They've won 11 of 13, and the Bucks also coming off a loss themselves against the Grizzlies that we talked about a little bit earlier. So Suns at home, favored by three and a half against the Phoenix Suns. Who wants to start us off? Bucks at home, sorry? Yeah, did you yeah, say? yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Lee. Who's got a feeling? Oh. Who's got a nice feeling? Oh, yeah, three and a half points. I uh, guess Milwaukee. I guess Milwaukee. Um, Sort of, I've, I've picked against Phoenix a couple of times this year and it's cost me, but uh, I think four points Milwaukee can do it. I, JD, it sounds like you had a pretty good week for me too then last week, uh, seven and five. So uh, thanks yeah, for that. Bad. Appreciate yeah, you're that. welcome. You're welcome. I was yeah. trying to sink you on that yeah. last pick. <laughs> classic, classic. But, uh, didn't work, so there you go. Whoops. Yeah. So you, you must, you, your record overall though must be like now, what, 10 and it's, two or something like that. It's good. It's solid. It hasn't yeah. lost yeah. that many. Wow. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Yeah, I'll take Milwaukee. Skeets, who you got? Give me the Suns. Sure. I think the Suns are one of the, uh, what, rare teams in the league with 40 wins. They're damn good. I keep telling people that, so I feel like i got to back them. And maybe this is one where, uh, yeah, they end up sort of, like, covering. Because that's been happening a lot here. So maybe they don't even win the game, but they keep it close enough. Give me Phoenix plus three and a half, sure. All right. Trey, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to go for the Suns as well because I keep ending up on the wrong side of this thing where a team wins the game but they don't cover the spread. So give me the points. I'll take the Suns. Okay. Yeah, I'll take the Suns as well. Wow, Lee, the solo guy. Taking Milwaukee again. He can take the lead in this whole thing if he wins tonight or Milwaukee wins by four or more. So good luck to everybody. Okay, let's call it there. Long Monday episode. No surprise. Hashtag full squad. And winners and losers of the NBA weekend takes a while. That's okay. Like, comment, and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. 
email us your NBA questions and comments for this week's Beach Steppin' Podcast, no dunks at theathletic.com to email them in. Grab your no dunks merch over at nodunks.com and subscribe to the athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks so they know that we sent you if you want to get a subscription. Um, guys, great to have you back. Lily, looking forward to a classic week in the Classic Factory. Thanks, to everybody, for joining us here in the stream team. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, stream team coming through with uh, some family duos of athletes. Adam Boyd mentioning that Darnell Nurse and Kia Nurse. Darnell Nurse plays in the NHL. Kia Nurse, his sis, mm-hmm. plays in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ziggy coming through with the Sue Bird and Larry Bird. <laughs> Shut up, Ziggy. <laughs> Shut up. They're not related. But thanks for thanks. We're all having a chuckle. Embrace the day, people. Mm-hmm.